Now, presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Ben Pierce. I am so excited this weekend to start a new series. The name of this series is Uncommon, and we're going to be talking about some uncommon denominators in life. We've all heard people say common denominators, but there are some uncommon things in life that, um, that come from the kingdom of God that when we begin to tap into those uncommon things of life, we begin to see some uncommon results, things that God wants to do miraculously in your world, in your life, in your family, in your city, and in your church. So I want to welcome you to the start of this series. Uncommon. Can we welcome those joining us by video? So glad you guys have tuned in. Hey, we want to invite you to come and be a part of the family right here uh, at Generation Church on the weekends. We would love to get to know you, get to meet you. A great family here, and uh, just God's doing some amazing things. Isn't it good to be a part of a growing, vibrant church? I just love it. I love to look out and just see uh, what God is doing. Our building is two months away from being completed next door. And so uh, it's just so good to see God doing something, uh, revival, breaking out in our very world right here in our own city. So uncommon, um, as I was thinking about this series, I, I realized that there are some uncommon denominators in life. There are the things that are easy to understand. There are things that are easy to engage in in life. But then there are some things that are not so easy. There are things that are common, but then there are some things that are uncommon. Uncommon things that we engage in in life, they can produce some uncommon results. You know, common, if you have common, you have what everybody else has. When you have uncommon, you have what few have. And so as we started this church, we saw that God was starting to do some uncommon things here. The way he's grown this church and you and brought all of these wonderful people to this place in six years in such a short amount of time is uncommon for this area. The year we started Generation Church, two churches closed their doors right here in this city. And, and I'm not here to, to talk bad about them or say they did anything wrong. I'm just saying what God has done here is not common for this area. What you are a part of is an uncommon move of God in this city. And so I believe that as God has taken us from the, the place of starting this church six years ago, he's brought us through some uncommon places, produced some uncommon results, that those things were the key to get us where we are, and they also are the key to get us to where we're going. The things that God has worked in us, the, the uncommon denominators, they begin to unlock what God wants to do for us in the future. And so I wanted to take the next six weeks, and I wanted to talk about those uncommon things so that we can recenter and refocus and we can prepare for the next phase of what God has in store for us. A lot of people have common things, but not so many have uncommon things. I want to talk to you this weekend about uncommon honor. Uncommon honor. You know, honor is one of those things that um, it's easy to overlook, you know, it's easy to, uh, to just go through life and, and forget what honor is all about. And it's easy to, to um, you know, to go to work and do your job every day, come to church, watch the news, see the president on TV and, and, and all the people around our world and, and miss the whole idea of what God wants us to do as it relates to honor. It's easy to honor those above us. It's easy to honor LeBron when he dunks 57 times in a, in a basketball game, right? I mean, we're like, come on, dude. I love you. I love you. I love you, man. But when you miss the, the game-losing shot, there's no honor in the house. 
It's easy to honor those above us. It's easy to honor those that command honor. It's easy to honor those that are um, they're celebrities or, or they're uh, so charismatic as a leader. They're so good looking. You're just like, man, I just honor you because you're so beautiful. <laughs> what about the ugly people? <laughs> no honor in the house for some of us. See, it's common to honor the easy places. It's uncommon to honor in the hard places. But it is the uncommon honor that produces uncommon results in our lives. And I can't talk about honor without taking a minute and just honoring you as a church. You know, when I think about, I'll get teary-eyed, when I think about just what the Lord has done through you guys, I honor you for that. When I think about how well you have have just taken the vision of this house that God gave Melissa and myself and how you have become accountable to it. I, I honor you in that. When, when people walk through those doors that you love on people just as much as I would love on them, that, that you're just as friendly, you're just as help. I honor you for that. The reason why this church is where it is is because you, you guys are making it happen. You guys are the ones that are building this thing. You're listening to the Lord. You're the ones who have developed the culture. You're the ones who, who have this heart to reach out to people, whether they're pretty or ugly, whether they smell nice or smell bad. We reach out to the homeless. We reach out to everybody. My wife will not let me wear deodorant anymore because it has aluminum in it. So I am part of the people who smell bad. <laughs> Thank you for not kicking me out of here. So I want to say thank you, and I want to honor you this morning. You are deserving of it. It is your gifts and your talents and your life that God has brought together and put this church together. And every single person plays a part. Every single person is a member of this body. And God is reaching people because of you. Already this year, 175 people have made first-time commitments to the Lord. Eighty-five rededications this year. It, God is just moving in people's lives, and it's not about me. It's it's about you. So I honor you for that, and I believe that as we take the idea of honor, as the kingdom of God teaches, as Jesus taught, as we take that and we begin to apply it to the next level, that we'll begin to see God do some super uncommon things in our lives and in our city, in our generation. I want to tell you about a story about a monk. His name is Telemachus. He, um, in the fall of 403 AD, he left his, um, he left his monastery, felt like the Lord spoke to him and, and told him to go to Rome. At that time, Rome was the, the bustling epicenter of the world. So he gets up, he leaves his monastery begins to walk, and he makes his way all the way to the city of Rome. And, and as he comes into the city of Rome, he's a little underwhelmed because he's walking through, and the place is like a ghost town. It, it's desolate. There, there's no people around. There, there's, there's no hustle and bustle. And, and he's thinking to himself, I left the monastery to do this. God, what are you doing? Why did you, why did you tell me to do this? And, and as he continues to walk through the city of Rome, in the distance, he begins to hear the roar of a crowd. He can hear sound echoing through the streets of the city. And so he begins to walk through the streets, and, and he begins to, to follow the sound of the crowd that he hears. And as he walks through the city, it's completely desolate and empty. He comes around a corner, and there is this huge wall with all of these windows and doors and gates. And the sound of this crowd is echoing 
from inside of this Colosseum. Many of you have seen the picture of the Colosseum at Rome. And Telemachus makes his way across the street through the doors and into the, the Colosseum. And as he walks through and he finds a place to sit down with, with all of the other people, he sees that there are gladiators in the middle of this Colosseum and they're fighting to the death. And there's something that, that rises up on the inside of this man, Telemachus. And he walks down to the, the wall that, that surrounds the arena and he jumps over the wall and he runs out and he says, stop, stop this. What are you doing? And one of the gladiators comes over with his shield and he hits Telemachus and knocks him clean out of the auditorium into the stands. Telemachus regains his composure and he, he gets up and, and he sees that these gladiators are still battling. So he jumps over the wall again. And this time another gladiator comes and he slices Telemachus across the chest and the stomach. And Telemachus falls to the ground and he dies right there in front of thousands of people in an arena of death. And a hush falls over the crowd, similar to you guys this morning. And one man at the top of the crowd, he gets up out of his seat and he begins to step towards the gates and he leaves the Colosseum. And another person gets up and they make their way to the exit. And one by one, person after person, they begin to leave the Colosseum until the whole place is empty. The emperor of Rome in that day, his name is Flavius Honorius Augustus, in case you're looking for baby names. <laughs> he stands up that day in the city of Rome, and he makes a decree that that gladiatorial event that day where Telemachus lost his life would be the last. And on January 1st, 404 A.D., the last gladiatorial event in history took place in the Colosseum. Why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story because Telemachus did something uncommon. There was honor that rose up inside of him in an uncommon fashion that caused him to go and to give his life for people that he didn't even know. He honored the death of people who were dying in that arena. Never even met them before, but something that God was stirring inside of him, it, it, it produced such a drive inside of him that he was willing to go, and not once but twice he pushed his way in to stop a wrong of our world. He honored people he didn't even know. And the, uh, the emperor, Flavius Aranius Augustus, he honored Telemachus, this man that he'd never met before, who who took a stand against the wrongs of the world, and, and he made a decree, and he said, never again will we do these events. You've got to understand in Rome at that time that these gladiatorial events, they meant everything to the people. The emperors were ruled by the masses, the crowds of the people, and, and how these gladiatorial events happened, whether they were good or bad or, or um, uh, how they were pulled off in the society, it meant so much to how well, the emperor was received. And so this emperor, he honored a fallen man who stopped what he knew was wrong, man he had never met before. He risked his, his entire kingship. He risked his entire life to honor somebody. He did an uncommon honor. You know, sometimes one person can honor or dishonor and change an entire city. One person through an act of honor or an act of 
dishonor can change the course of history. Telemachus in one act of honor changed history, hundreds of years of history, saved probably thousands of lives. Jesus also talked about an act of honor. It was an act of dishonor that changed a city. See, Jesus had been traveling around. He'd been ministering in Jerusalem. He had been preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He had turned water into wine. He'd been healing people, raising people from the dead. Jesus was in the middle of his ministry. He decides to take a break and go to the place that he grew up. He goes to Nazareth. Jesus tells the, the story in the gospel of Matthew of how he gets to Nazareth. And the people there, they said, who is this guy? Don't we know him? And a single act of dishonor, it changed the course of a city. The Bible actually tells us that because of their dishonor and their unbelief, he could do no mighty works in that place. God, fully God, fully man, Jesus, the Messiah, was hindered to do works because of dishonor. An act of honor can change a generation. An act of dishonor can change a generation. A church full of honor can reach a city. A church full of dishonor can miss their opportunities. Uncommon honor produces uncommon Results. You got to think about this because Jesus obviously loved Nazareth. He grew up there. There had to be a special place in Jesus' heart for Nazareth. He, he was ministering to Jerusalem because that was God's city, but Nazareth, those were his people. You got to know that when he got there and they dishonored him, that something inside of Jesus had to hurt. You got to know that Jesus probably in his heart wanted revival to break out in Nazareth like no other city. It was his city. But yet he was hindered. And so as we talk about honor this weekend, it's something that easily can be overlooked in our lives. Honor is one of those things that if you don't pay attention, you might miss the opportunity. But if you pay attention to the opportunities to honor people, to honor what God is doing, you stand the chance of seeing God unleash some uncommon mighty works. See, I believe honor is a key that unlocks the mighty works of God. I believe that honor is one of those things that, that draws the gifts out of people. See, honor by its very definition is not just to honor those that are easy to honor. Honor by its very definition is to value the gift inside of a person. See, it doesn't matter what the person looks like, whether they're good-looking as all get out, whether they're smart, whether they're funny. It doesn't matter what they look like. You don't judge the, the book by the cover and then honor based on that. Honor is based on the gifts and talents that God has placed inside of somebody. Sometimes those of us who don't look so pretty, who don't smell so nice, who not a, are not as charismatic as the next person in our speech or our, our personality, Sometimes those people have acres of diamonds living on the inside of them. And honor, by its very definition, is that you take every single person and you recognize and value the gift inside of them. That's what honor is. It's common to honor easy. It's uncommon to honor those that don't just present this great package. Matthew Chapter 13, 
starting in verse 54. You know, we're not the only ones that struggle with honor in life. Jesus talked about it, taught on honor all the time. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, to honor your father and mother because that is the the commandment with a blessing attached to it, the only commandment with a blessing attached to it, that, that honor has with it, carries with it a reciprocating blessing to your life. I know it's not easy, but I believe God's going to help us today to have some uncommon honor. Starting in verse 54, it said, When Jesus had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. I, I think this is interesting. They were astonished with Jesus. But then they said, where did this man get this wisdom? And where did he get these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not with us all? Where did this man get these things? Verse 57, so they were offended at him. They were astonished to begin with, but they were offended after they started to think through it. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief and because of their dishonor. They didn't see the value inside of Jesus. They didn't want to. And I don't know what it is about honor uh, that makes it difficult for us in life to honor those that are not readily honorable. But there's something to that. There's something to trying to honor somebody that's just nobody. How do you honor somebody who's nobody? You have to mine out the gift of God inside of them. You have to take some time and and look into the soul of a person and, and see who they really are. And you honor that. You don't honor the exterior. You honor the internal soul and gift set of a person. And this is what they missed in that day. They were so consumed with who Jesus was walking around Jerusalem and and all the mighty acts that he did that they missed who he was. And as we get into this story, I want to unpack it for you because I believe that there are some steps that these people took to dishonor Jesus. They missed it. And as we look at these steps that these people took, if we do just the opposite, we position ourselves not for common honor but for uncommon honor honor. Uncommon honor does not get too familiar. Uncommon honor does not get too familiar. In verse 54, it says, when he had come into his own country. What does that mean? It means that he was in a place where they were familiar with him. I think it's interesting the word familiar is the root of family. Isn't it so true? Like, you can be so familiar with your family. Like, you will say things to people in your family that you would never say to anyone else. You will have brutal honesty with your spouse in ways that are so dishonoring and so hurtful and so harmful that you would never say to anybody else, Hunter, are you going to wear that? Where did you get your hair done? And how much was that? I mean, really. You will say things to your parents that you would say to no no one else. Students, we get in this place where we're so familiar with mom and dad, we don't even call them mom and dad anymore. Hey, Brian, don't call me by my first name. Honor your parents. 
See, when we get too familiar with people, we begin to step over a line of dishonor. It happens with family. It happens with our presidency. It happens with our bosses. It happens with our pastors. It happens with our friends. It happens with students. It happens with parents. When we get too comfortable with people, we begin to ignore the gift on the inside of them. And we begin to see the relationship before we see who God created them to be. And we begin to get into this place of comfortability and familiarity. And we begin to dishonor people. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus. They couldn't see that he was the Messiah because they saw him as a little boy who grew up in Nazareth. They were too familiar. Too comfortable. Too easy to say the things that just roll off of the tongue. It's common to tell people what you think. It's common to be so familiar with your family that you hurt them. It's uncommon to take a minute and and look at the true person inside and to honor them. See, the gladiators were too familiar with each other. When Telemachus showed up, these guys were murdering each other because murder had become familiar. And they were dishonoring in life. And it's, it's the beginning of the progression, if you want my honest opinion. The beginning of the progression of dishonor in a person's life starts with this idea of being too comfortable and too familiar. Why go to the doctor? I call my doctor, doctor, doctor so-and-so, because I don't want Bob sticking needles in my arms. I want somebody who has eight years of college, three years of residency, and a doctor and a couple of initials behind his name, and I am going to speak to that person with that honor, because when you talk to Dr. Bob and you call him Bob, that's who you get. I'm just saying. Hey, Bob, what's going on? How are my test results? I don't want you to tell me that. I want Dr. Bob. It's the same thing with your, your pastors and leadership. You call Pastor Sean, Sean, you get Sean, which is not so bad. He's kind of good looking and big biceps and all. But when you call him Pastor Sean, you get the gift of the worship leader. Call the president Mr. Obama, well, you just get a man. You call him the president, you get the office of that person, the gift that's inside of them. So you can't be too familiar with people. You can't get too comfortable with people. Uncommon honor. It can ask questions but it isn't questioning. See, in this story, they, they got to this place where Jesus was in their synagogue and he was teaching. And the, the scripture says they were astonished. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom? And where did he get these mighty works? They weren't asking questions for information. They were asking questions because they were questioning. You guys ever notice the difference? Like there's a huge difference in somebody just wanting to know what's going on and then somebody who's trying to put their thumb on you. There's a difference in just saying, hey, what's happening here? And somebody saying, so what's happening here? Right? Huge difference. The second step in getting into a place of dishonor is that we're not just there to ask questions, but we're there to question people. It's a heart attitude change. And this is what they did. They said this about Jesus. They were astonished. Where did he get this wisdom? They didn't care where he got the wisdom. They were trying to build a case against him. It's uncommon to maintain honor even when you don't see the big picture. Think about King David and Saul. 
how David honored King Saul, even though Saul was in the wrong. But he still maintained honor because honor, if you really break it down, is not about the person getting honored. Honor is about the person giving honor. When you honor somebody, you don't do it necessarily for them because when you honor, God honors you. And David honored Saul, even though Saul was in the wrong, and God honored David. Now, in our world, it's a little difficult to do that because we see people make mistakes. We see pastors make mistakes. We see politicians do wrong things with the money. We, we see leadership fail on all kinds of areas. And, and to some degree, we want to be questioning about that. And it starts in our heart. There's something inside of us that gets out of whack. We really don't want the answers. We just want to make a case. And that's what they did for Jesus. Let me say this. It's, it's completely within your limits to ask questions. You should ask questions. But don't get so familiar that you move from a place of finding information to a place of questioning and a place of dishonor. They said this, where did this man get all of these things they were offended at him. They said, is this not the carpenter's son? Verse 5. Is not his mother called Mary and his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all of these things? Uncommon honor is not dismissive. But these guys, they were dismissive of Jesus. They, they began to build this case again. Don't we know his brothers? I mean, aren't his, I'm dating his sister, right? And they begin to dismiss the gift of Jesus. And, they, and that's just the way world, the world works. It's the way our interactions work sometimes. There, there's something inside of us. Maybe it's our own insecurities. Maybe it's when we look at another person's gift that bothers us. Because I think if I honor your gift, maybe your gift will overshadow my gift. And there's something inside of us that, that begins to say, nah, 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 I don't really think so, bro. I, I, don't, I don't want to honor you. Because if I honor you, I may lose my own honor. We begin to dismiss people. That's what they did with Jesus. They were dismissing his ministry. They were dismissing the gift inside of him. And they were dishonoring. And when you dishonor the gift in somebody's life, you miss what that gift was designed to do in your world. He was there to do mighty works. They dismissed him. And they didn't get the mighty works that Jesus brought. They built a case against him. Uncommon honor, it resists the temptation to be offended. It says, when, where then did this man get all of these things? And then verse 57, it says, so they were offended at him. They moved from the place of being astonished to the place of being offended. It's a progression. They got too familiar. They were too questioning. They were dismissive of what Jesus was doing. And they ended up in a place of being offended. Uncommon honor resists the temptation to be offended. But Jesus, verse 57, said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief and their dishonor. They missed out because they dishonored. They did what was common, and they received what was common. What if they had been uncommon? What if they had received the gift 
that God had sent their city. They were uncommon. They did what was easy. It's easy to honor the pretty people. It's not easy to honor the ugly people. What if they had been uncommon? I believe they would have received a revival that would have made the annals of history. It would have made the scripture. We probably would be teaching out of it today as an example of how to honor and see God move. And and here's the point of this, because here we are 2,000 years later, and we have the same opportunity as a city, a gathering, an ecclesia, a group of people, a church, a body, to choose to be common or to choose to be uncommon, to honor or to not to honor, to, to take the time to mine out the gifts and talents that reside inside of your brothers and sisters. Find out those uncommon things so you can see God do some common thing, uncommon things in our city. Uncommon honor like no one else. Matthew chapter 10, my last scripture. Jesus said this starting in verse 40. He gives us a roadmap. He says, he who receives you receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive that prophet's reward. You can take the word receive and in your Bible, just right beside there, he who honors. He who honors. He who honors you honors me. And he who honors me receives him who sent me. And he who honors a prophet, Jesus said they didn't honor the prophet in his city. He who honors a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. We honor those in authority above us. And he goes on, he says, And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive that righteous man's reward. That's people in the same authority structure, your peers. If you honor them, you receive that righteous man's reward. And then Jesus goes on, verse 42, and he said, And whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you that they will by no means lose their reward. We honor those that are entrusted to our authority. And Jesus begins to lay out the roadmap for what honor in the kingdom of God is all about. We honor the prophet. We honor those who are above us in in authority. We honor the righteous people around us, the righteous man. That's indicative of, of our peers. We honor them and we receive the righteous man's reward. And then we honor the little children, the ones that are difficult, that 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 we have a hard time respecting because they don't have the same years or wisdom. They don't look the same. They don't smell the same. They don't act the same. We judge their book by their cover. But Jesus says, if you will honor those below you in whom they have been entrusted to your authority, if you honor those, you will by no means lose your reward. So Jesus gives us the roadmap of biblical honor. It is that we honor up and we honor down and we honor all around. It's common to honor up. It's uncommon to honor down. But I truly believe this, that when we learn how to honor those below us or those beside us, that that uncommon action is what releases God's uncommon mighty works. And this is what that city missed. They missed an uncommon revival, the mighty works of God, because they judged Jesus by his his external and not his internal uncommon honor. In this series, we have this tagline. The series title is called Uncommon, but the tagline is one beat and many hearts. 
You saw the heart when you came in this weekend. One beat and many hearts. It's a culture thing. And, and here's my hope and desire is that the many hearts of Generation Church would beat in one place of honor. It's an uncommon denominator. We're going to talk about six of these things over this series. That our many hearts would beat that one beat of Jesus in unity. That we would see God's power and that we would be a place of increased honor. Increased honor. Close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father, first and foremost, I honor you today. I honor you for what you are doing in my life and this church's life, the families here, this body that you have put together. I honor you, God. I thank you, Jesus, that you have a plan for this church and for this city and for these people. Lord, I pray that we would not just be common, we would be uncommon, that we would be many hearts that beat one vision. When people come into this place as we get ready to, to open up our new auditorium, that God, we would, we would take what we've built on as a foundation and we would honor all the more. We would welcome people all the more. We would be open all the more. We would reach out all the more. We would invite all the more people, God. And that those uncommon denominators would release for us an uncommon revival right here in our very midst. So you're here this morning, and as I preach this message, it just really resonates with you. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're not just a person who dishonors, but you kind of miss the opportunities to honor. Kind of benign in, in this whole idea of honoring. And this morning, the Lord is tugging on your heart to to begin to honor in uncommon ways. Maybe you're here this morning, and you have struggled with dishonor. Maybe you have something inside of you that causes you to, to dishonor. Maybe it's an insecurity. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe, maybe you were hurt somewhere and, and, and you get put in situations and, and it just rises up and before you even think about it, you say things that are dishonoring. If you're in one of those two groups this morning, I want to encourage you to, to put a stake in the ground, draw a line in the sand and be a person of uncommon honor. If that's you, if God's touching your heart this morning, I want to pray for you specifically. Would you just lift your hands? Yeah, a lot of hands. Whether you dishonor or whether you just never really have honored, make a statement today for the Lord. One more time. Okay, you can put your hands down. Those of you joining us by video this morning, as I pray for these here, I also pray for you that, that you would honor in uncommon ways and that you would see uncommon results and power in your life. Father, I pray for every person that lifted their hand this morning, those watching by video. Lord Jesus, I thank you that as we honor the people that you have entrusted us with, God, we honor those above, those beneath, and those all around. God, I pray that we would see your power work in our lives. Lord, I pray that you heal the hurts, the insecurities, and the fears for those of us who find ourselves dishonoring people too familiar with people, too questioning of the situation, dismissive of people's gifts, offended at this person and that person. Lord, I pray for healing. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would get the revelation that those people that we honor and receive in the name of their gift, we receive a portion of that back to our lives. 
I pray that that is a testimony of this church, that as we love people, we get love back. As we honor people, we get honor back. As we reach this city, God, people would reach our families. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Secondly, you're here this morning, and you've never honored the Lord with your life. Maybe you know about church. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you're watching by video, and, and church thing, is it's all new to you. I don't know where you are. But it's not about the religion. It's not about what you do or do not know about Jesus. It's about do you know Jesus personally? Do you honor him with your life? Is he the Lord of your life? Because if he is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So you're here this weekend and you feel God tugging on your heart. Never honored him with your life. Never given your life to the Lord. I want to pray for you today. You need a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, God's tugging on your heart. You want to give your life to the Lord today. Would you just look up at me? Just make eye contact with me. Thank you, sir. Need to give your life to the Lord this weekend. God's tugging on your heart. Thank you, ma'am. Just look up at me. Make eye contact with me so I can pray for you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. here this morning, you need a relationship with God. Thank you, sir. Proud of you. Need a relationship with the Lord. Honor him with your life. He gave you life to begin with. Don't miss the opportunity of what God wants to do through your honor as you honor him with your days. Maybe you're here this weekend and your relationship with God has veered off course. Today, you want to bring it back front and center and and bring your life back to a place of honor to God. If you need to rededicate your life, just look up at me. Make eye contact with me. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Last time as I look across the room. Scripture says this, that if you can say with your words what's happening inside of your heart, if you can make that profession or confession of faith, that something supernatural begins to happen. That you begin to become born again, is is what the Bible says. That you're born into a new life. That the sacrifice that Jesus paid for our mistakes with his own blood, it covers us and it pays a debt. So this morning, I want to help you say with your words the things that are happening inside of your heart. If I missed you this morning, it's okay. You can still pray the prayer. If you didn't look at me or didn't raise your hand, you can still pray. I encourage you, if God is tugging on your heart, pray this prayer. Those of you joining by video, right where you are, pray. Say this with me. Say, Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me for my mistakes and I ask you to forgive me give me a new life give me a new purpose and destiny and help me to honor up down and all around in every area of my life in Jesus name amen amen can we welcome our brothers and sisters into the kingdom so proud of you